I'm RJ Blakeney, and you're watching the Monarchs Basketball Show. I'm Aaron. And I'm Mike. And you're listening to the Monarchist Basketball Show. We're going to put last Saturday to bed, and then we're going to move on, and we're going to talk about away games at Troy and Arkansas State. Welcome, Coach. Back to the podcast. Yeah, it's great to be back, guys. Thank you for having me. It's our pleasure to have you, Coach. Obviously, we'll start with last week's game against South Alabama. It's really the tale of two halves. That first half was a thing of beauty. What would you credit the most to how that first half unfolded? Thank you. That's a, that's a very favorable first question. Energy. Energy, right? Great energy. We, we were excited. We were energetic. We played energetically. We shared the ball. We, you know, we finished, obviously. And then we, we played terrific defense, right? And it, it wasn't, you know, a knockout punch right from the start, but yeah, obviously it ended up being not. But we gradually gained a little bit of separation, a little bit of separation, and then really sort of pulled away there towards the end of the first half. But I, I thought we were really, really locked in mentally. We were really on the same page. I thought we looked very connected, right? As connected as we've looked at any point all season, probably. You know, and, and again, we've seen it in flashes and, and, you know, our wins for sure. We've seen it in, at other times. But we, we were very connected on both ends of the floor. We made very good individual offensive plays at times, but we also made very good team offensive plays. And that's something that's a work in progress for us and hasn't been our strong suit, as we've talked about last week, I think, right? And we didn't have an overwhelming amount of assists, but I, th- I think we had, I don't know, I don't, I'm not exactly sure, but we had, we had, you know, I, f- I felt like a good number of assists there in the first half. But it, it the, at the other end of the floor, at the defensive end, we were really, really energetic and locked in and, and, and did exactly what we wanted to do. And we were, you know, there was energy, there was bounce. We were on our toes, we were moving. And when we do that, you know, good things usually follow. May not be perfect, and that's okay. But we were we were mobile, and we were energetic, and we were active. And when we're active, we're good. You know, one of the guys that I think falls right into what y'all are talking about that we saw in the first half was RJ. I mean, RJ was getting the ball in good spots. He seemed like he was being real aggressive, and he was making strong takes to the hole and finishing. You know, finishing with contact and around people. Talk to us a little bit more about kind of how RJ was there in the first half and what hopefully we continue to see that as we go. Yeah, I think you, what you said is very accurate. I think he attacked the rim um, aggressively. RJ's a very good cutter off the ball, you know, and they were ganging up, right, to stop the ball. And so sometimes it came from maybe Vashon or Chauncey. Other times it came from, say, Jason Wade, right, uh, because it would go from, you know, a guard to Jason Wade, uh, you know, to – to RJ on the cut or whatever it may have been. You know, I, I think he moved with a purpose. He had a great sense of timing. But again, that, that was all part of that connectedness, if that's a word. You know, I, I thought he was the beneficiary of a lot of that on the tail end of plays. And I think it was, you know, very good feel and decision-making by him. But again, it was it was not an individual effort by him. I mean, there was obviously a great individual effort on his part to cut, to finish. Um, but it doesn't happen without sort of... The, you know, good team basketball. So it was really encouraging. I, I think, you know, that's what he can, he can really do. I, I you know, trying to remember, I, I don't, I, I wish I have a better memory of things. It, it feels, you know, a few days ago now, and, you know, I can probably remember, well, I definitely remember practice better than I did that right now at this point. But, you know, when he's open, he's a good shooter, right? When he's, can, when he can get the ball to the rim, he's a good finisher. 
you know, and I think he took good shots in that first half. And, and you know, we, we collectively, the players, right, the guys, the four guys on the court were playing together and got him the ball in opportunities where he could finish, you know, whether that was from two feet or from 16 feet. All right. So second half, obviously the opposite end of the spectrum. And uh, you talked a lot about how they were connected and had the energy in the first half. When you have a first half like that, is it hard to go away from that lineup that got you there? Oh, no, I, I wouldn't say that it's hard to go away from that lineup. You know, there were some people that were not on the court because of foul trouble. But, you know, we have our, our, our rotation by and large. And I thought everyone on that rotation contributed to it. I don't put too much stock in who the five guys on the court were. I think there were eight or nine guys, nine guys that probably played in the, in the first half, right? And probably nine guys that played in the second half. Um, you know, they all played pretty well. You know what I mean? And, and so, again, it was, a, it was a collective team effort. You know, obviously Chauncey didn't play much in the first half because he picked up the two quick fouls and then he, he played the second half and he, and he didn't have his best day. I mean, he could, you know, I'm sure he'd admit that. We can all admit that he didn't have his best day. But that's not why we struggled in the second half by any stretch of the imagination. There was collective inability for us to finish. And then that led to us not being as good on the defensive end. You know, what I really think I saw was that we struggled to score, right? We got in a lull. We started off the first four or five minutes, again, really continuing the way we finished the first half, played really, really well. And then around the 15 minute mark or something, right? We, we got stuck on a lull, right? We were stuck on 49 points, it feels like for an eternity, right? And they went on a 16 to 0 run. And in that stretch, we had some really, really good possessions. The ball just didn't go in the basket. Now we also had some bad possessions also, right? We had a few turnovers, some really gut-wrenching turnovers there that that took away chances to score. We also just missed good shots. We had, I think Bryce had two wide-open jump shots that just didn't go in. Someone else had a, we had some shots at the rim that just didn't go in. I, you know, sometimes the ball just doesn't go in. It's hard to make it go in. I wish there was an answer for that. But we were, by and large, by and large, we, we, we took the right shots. We made the right plays. There were some, you know, plays that weren't as good sprinkled in there on the offensive end. And as we started pressing and getting tight and getting nervous, maybe there were more of those. You know, frustration's an interesting thing, right? You know, we were frustrated. We were frustrated that we weren't scoring. And then that frustration prevented us from being as energetic as we were in the first half on the defensive end. That frustration, momentum, right? Momentum. Everyone in the building felt it. You know what I mean? And, and the players feel it too, right? And, and we, you know, we lost the momentum that we had and, and South Alabama gained it and you could see it growing from them and it faded and we weren't able to get it back despite, you know, different ways to try to talk about it. We, we juggled the lineup a little bit. We called some timeouts. We talked about it a little bit, right? It, we, for whatever reason, we just... We couldn't get it. The fact that the ball didn't go in the basket, you know, def it's deflating. And it deflated us to the point that we were not able to, you know, then continue to guard as well as we had in the first half. All right, Coach. So, you know, when you have stuff that, you know, it's starting to go off the rails in past years and you have a team that's, you know, not quite as, we'll just say not quite as new. So you've got a guy like Ahmad Caver who's been on the team for a while or BJ and a Brandon Stith where you got three or four dudes that have been around for quite some time and really have kind of control of the locker room from a player's perspective and, and either lead vocally or maybe they're more silent kind of leaders. You know, with the squad that we have now, you don't have a whole heck of a lot of that. So 
I guess this is one of those things that has to grow throughout the season. How how can you? I don't know that there's a way to microwave that or instant pot it. It's more of a crock pot probably to to, to grow it organically. But I imagine that's something that you and your staff are working on and trying to kind of grow what that core is inside so they can take charge when need be. I think that's part of the maturation process that all teams go through, you know, and, and that's what we're going through right now. A third of the way through the season, maybe a little bit more than a third of the way through the season, right? We've got however many games left, 17, 18, 19 games left, whatever it is. You know, if you're playing roughly 30, you know, we've played a little bit more than 10, whatever we're, we're at 13. Um, you know, yes, we, we wish we were further along, right? I think all of us here wish, um, every fan, every coach, every player, everyone, right? I, I think we wish we were further along in that, you know, maturation process than we are right now, but we're not. And so this is where we are right now. So our challenge is to get better day by day. We have some guys that have played for us a couple of years, but not a ton. We have some young guys on the team, whatever. I know people don't want to hear it and, and we, I don't want to talk about it. No offense. I mean, we're, we're young. I get it. Right. And, and so it's hard, but, but this is part of it. And uh, you wish you didn't have to go through it. Right. It's, it's like the teenage years, right? Like I, no one wants to see all your war, your pimples and, and, you know, and your braces, and our pimples and our braces are very, very visible right now. And that's part of it sometimes. When you, sometimes you get lucky and you can skip over that. Sometimes you get lucky and it gets hidden by other factors or other you know, older, more mature players or whatever it may be. Right now, this is where we're at. And so you know, our, our job as coaches, our job as players, our, our challenge as a team is to stick together and and work and get and try to get better and stick together and try to pick each other up and try to stay connected and you know there's going to be mistakes there's going to be challenges that's it's just the way it is we just got to keep pushing through together you know no one person's going to do it it's going to be a collective team effort for us to to move the needle day by day and and you know that's how we will grow up together and that's a challenge, and it's frustrating, and there's starts and stops, but that's where we're at right now. So we we get, we got to just keep pushing and grinding and trying to do the right things. Sometimes it's one step forward, one step back. Sometimes it's two step forwards, one step back. We we got to string a couple good days in a row, and to become a better basketball, team, we got to string a couple good basketball, team, you know, good practices in a row. It'd be great to be able to string a couple great halves in a row. We've we just got to keep keep trying. You know, there's. The only way is through is that slogan from someone, but it's true, right? There's no easy fix. There's no easy fix. We got to continue to trust each other, right? You know, we've got to trust each other more. We've got to trust each other better. We got to compete for one another and compete at a really high level. And, and that's our path forward. And that's what we have to do. All right. So you've talked a lot about energy and how connected the players are playing. Obviously, this game provides two great examples of when it's going right and when it's going wrong. You obviously watched the game film with the players. How was that message received? I imagine when you have such stark contrast with the results, it's easier to, to kind of deliver that message like, all right, you can be team A or you can be team B. You got to pick a route. How is that message being received by the team right now? Uh, I think it's being well received. I think it's understood. You know, I, I think it was painfully obvious to all of us for whatever reason, while it was happening, we weren't able to 
to stem the tide. We weren't able to, to flip it back. That's a challenge for all of us. You know, that's a challenge for all of us to, to find a way to flip it back. Right. It, you know, um, but it's, it, the message is being well received. I think the message is understood. And when we're good, we look a certain way. It feels a certain way. When we're not as good, it looks different. It feels very different. We got to continue to point that out. We got to continue to highlight the positives, right? Highlight the positives. We got to point out the negatives, right? We, we, we can't dwell on either one of them. You know, we got we to recognize what's worked, recognize what hasn't worked, recognize what's good, recognize what's bad, and then fight like heck and push ourselves to be, you know, and hold ourselves accountable, hold ourselves to a higher standard to try to be, you know, that, that team that, that looks and feels a certain way, which is good. I know that sounds fluffy, <laughs> but that's what we're doing as coaches, right? We're, we're trying to highlight the positives. And there were a lot of positives. It didn't end up with the result we wanted. There were certainly things that need addressing and need to be pointed out, um, but they don't need to be dwelled on. They need to be talked about, understood, and get back to work and, and, and try to take the next step doing the good stuff. And that's what we've done. And I think our players have been, you know, so far through a couple of practices, very good at, at understanding that and, and receiving that and coming in with some energy and, and trying to work. I mean, that's, that's just what we're going to have to do. So, Coach, you talked about players pressing in those kind of tight situations where the tide is t- turning, right? And you, you maybe end up getting a bad possession, maybe a bad pass, bad shot, whatever it may be. Obviously, the players are doing it not intentionally when they're pressing. It's something you can't really control. It's just an anxiety thing, right? But is there something they can learn from or try to, when they feel that pressure, to, to change and get back into the real flow of the offense or defense? Yeah, no, no question. I think that's our challenge as coaches. That's our opportunity as coaches to try to help point, point that out and help steer them down that way, right? You know, so, listen, a big part of coaching is schematic. You should play defense this way. We should run offense this way much bigger part of coaching is trying to get those guys to feel a certain way and to trust a certain way which will enable them to play to the best to the best of their abilities it's understandable when i think for when things aren't going great right it's everything's easier right um you know things are easier when they're good so it's understandable that when things are not going awesome that sometimes the reaction is to, to try to do too much or to try to do too more or to say, I'm going to make it happen. That That's, again, part of that maturation process. And I, I hope that's the word. I keep using it. I think that's the right word. But that's the part of becoming a more mature team, becoming a more mature player, is understanding that it you know you can impact the game in a positive way in a lot of different areas that may or may not involve the basketball. Some of them will be involved with making the play or the shot. But I think a lot of it is being a great teammate, having a lot of energy, like running hard, cutting hard, being active, helping your teammate on defense, right? Talking, right? Just, again, being the more connected we are, um, the better we are. 
And so when things are not going great, we all have to fight the urge to be insular and in my world as opposed to stay connected and be in our world, our team world. And that's hard. That's easier said than done sometimes, right? Frustration again. I don't know that it's so much anxiety. I think that was a word you used. You know, and I'm a dumb basketball coach, but I think it was. I think frustration. I think frustration is our biggest biggest enemy right now. You know, frustration with, you know, what just happened. The ref maybe missed a call. Someone didn't pass me the ball. I missed an assignment. You know, whatever it is, or he missed. We, we, frustration is our biggest enemy. I, I think our frustration got the better of us. In the last 15 minutes of that game, and at other times this year, frustration has gotten the better of us, and we gotta, we gotta shift the focus from what happened in the past to being in the present. You know, I, I the only I, I say to the guys, I'm a broken record. The most important play is the next play. What what's in the past is in the past. We ain't changing it. You know, the only thing that we can really really have an impact on what is what's coming up next. So let's be in the moment. Let's 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 play this play coming up. And, and let's look forward and move forward, because looking back, when we're out there, when they're out there trying to play, or we're out there trying to go, looking back, and, and it's not going to help us very much. So we, you know, there's a time for that. There's a time for reflection, like you talked about. There's a time to watch and the film and, and understand and process. But we're in the moment. We, we got it in the moment. Awesome. Well, I think that's a great segue. Let's not look back anymore. You've watched the film. You've gone over it with the team. They know what they did well and what the opportunities are. So let's talk about Thursday. You guys are getting ready to go on a road trip to Troy, Alabama. and Talk to us a little bit. You've got the unique ability to, you know, before we talk about the team, give us just a little bit of a snapshot in kind of what travel looks like in getting to Troy. Because, you know, I think a lot of folks don't realize that you're not just flying into an airport and, and, you know, where you're playing is five minutes away. So... Let's let's talk about Troy. Planes, trains, and automobiles. Let's go. Troy's in, you know, to, it's not the easiest place to get to, like a lot of schools in our conference. So, uh, you know, for us, there's what we did last year, and that what we're going to do again is we're going to fly to Atlanta, um, and then, <coughs> excuse me, um, and then we'll get on a bus and, and drive the three hours or a little bit more than three hours over to Troy. So you could. You could go to Atlanta and then connect and get on another plane and then still have a drive. You know, we'd rather just, we, we try to be on as few planes as we can. You know, there's less that can go wrong, maybe, or get delayed. Excuse me. It's also just more comfortable. Sorry, it's more comfortable for guys on a bus. You know, and if it's going to, if the net result is going to be about the same amount of time for us to, to you know, connect and you know, drive and wait for the plane and all that stuff. We might as well keep on moving and get on down the road. So for for us, when we go to Troy, what we did last year and it worked pretty well. And what we'll do this year is we will we'll fly to Atlanta and then get on a bus and then and then head on over to Troy. Uh, we've got a earlier flight tomorrow morning. Today we're taping this. It's Tuesday. We're leaving Wednesday. I hope I didn't mess up the magic there. You know, but we leave Wednesday. We travel the day before the game. So we play on Thursday. We travel the day before the game. Most of the time we practice here before we travel, but. Last, like last year going to Troy and like this year, again, some unique circumstances. So we're actually going to travel and then we'll practice at Troy tomorrow night or tomorrow evening. We had some bad luck. And again, this is all part of it. I, I spoke to the team today at the end of practice about this. Again, there's things that are beyond our control. We're going to understand them. We're going to appreciate them, but we're not going to really focus on those things. 
again, something that's out of our control, our, our flight was changed. The, the, the time of our flight was changed. It was moved up by a handful of hours. Um, and, and so we have an earlier start to our morning tomorrow than, than what we had originally planned a, a while back. That means the guys got to get up earlier. It's, you know, it, it's not ideal, but it's not the end of the world either. And we can't change it. We can't control it. So we, we got we to embrace it and make the most of it. So we'll wake up tomorrow morning. We'll head to the airport. We'll fly to Troy. We'll bus on over. We'll have some downtime, you know, hopefully at the hotel. Hopefully the rooms are ready by the time we get there. You know, we'll, we'll hang out. Guys will have lunch. We'll hang out. We'll watch some film, get ready to go over and go, and go have a great practice and try to have a great practice. Those are the things we can control. We can control our attitude about it. We can control whether we are focused, you know, when we sit down and watch film at the hotel. And then we, we play Thursday and then we'll travel on, continue on. And then we fly then over to Jonesboro, Arkansas for the game on Saturday afternoon at Arkansas State. And then we'll bus, I believe. And Jonesboro, Arkansas is also not the easiest place to get to and from Norfolk to. So again, connections are more challenging than not sometimes with our guys. So, you know, we've got big people, planes. And so anyway, after the game at Arkansas State, we will travel on down the road and, and bus a couple hours over to Nashville because we can fly nonstop from Nashville on Sunday mid-morning and, and get back. So get back around the same time as if we stayed in Jonesboro and got on two planes. I know I'm really in the minutiae here and really boring you, but the, the afternoon, the game in Arkansas State in the afternoon, we weren't going to be able to get out of there and get home that night. There's no way for us to get home Saturday night. Um, so... If that's the case, we'll we'll get on down the road a little bit to Nashville because that'll put us on one less plane, which hopefully makes things a little more comfortable for us getting home on Sunday. But it's it's a lot. You know, you leave Wednesday and you're gone. You get back Sunday. Uh, you know, Sunday's our off day with no practice. But that's tough. That's tough for these guys, right? Uh, you know, when you come back from practice and or you know, excuse me, when you just play two games and then you have a, an off day, but you still spend half the day together traveling. You're still sort of on in some respects. You know, that that's part of the challenge of this, but everyone's dealing with it. Everyone in our league's dealing with it. I was texting with a, a buddy of mine that coaches at another school in the league, and they they are leaving today because they have the Wednesday Saturday road trip. We only have a Thursday. They have a you know games Wednesday game Saturday, so two road games, and they're on the road the whole time. And sometimes that's great, you know, but sometimes that's really hard. Um, so again, we're going to control what we control, what we can control, and that when it comes to travel is our attitude. Um, our guys like each other, they get along well, you know what I mean? So when we travel, they have fun together in, in an appropriate way. So yeah, we've got a, got a full day tomorrow traveling and then practice tomorrow night down at Troy and we've got to put the finishing touches on our, our preparation and our, our practice. And this may be good for us, quite honestly, you know, practicing uh, in, a, in a different venue tomorrow, maybe a little change of scenery. It sort of helps, like you said, turn the page, right? We, we talked about that, we watched some film, you know, about the South Alabama game before we switched over, you know, to, to practice and, and, you know, preparation for South Alabama. But we use that term. we got to turn the page. Maybe getting on a plane tomorrow and getting out of Norfolk a little bit earlier and practicing in Troy's arena will help us turn the page uh, a little bit better mentally. Let's hope so. All right. What's up, Monarch Nation? This is Aaron from the Monarchist. We'll have more about this on an upcoming episode, but as some of you may have seen... We signed on as partners with SANIL and the Pride of ODU Collective. We did this largely to keep the show free for fans and make it a self-sustaining project as it can get pricey to bring you this content. Even better, 
This allows fans another way to help the university. With every ad read we have, that means dollars for the collective. So just by listening or visiting our website, you are helping our student athletes. Another great perk of this partnership is our new relationship with Roback. Roback makes some of the most comfortable polos and pullovers on the market, and they look sharp. Right now, with code MONARCHS, our listeners can receive 20% off their order, and with each sale with that code, a commission will go to the pride of ODU. So you save money on great clothing while supporting our student-athletes. Just use code MONARCHS at checkout, get 20% off, and help ODU thrive. Thanks, and enjoy the rest of the show. So, Troy basketball. Let's hear uh, what kind of offense and defense are they running, and uh, what can we expect as fans to see? Yeah, Troy's a good team. I mean, they're a good team. They're a well-coached team. They've had a bunch of successful years now. They're athletic. They're aggressive. They play very fast. They score the ball well. They're very, very attacking. You know, at both ends of the ball, uh, on both sides of the court, right? They're they're attacking defensively. There's some pressure, some full court pressure, and there's a lot of half court pressure. There, there's a lot of pressure put on the ball. There's a lot of denials on the wings. They try to take you out of your offense. They, they try to make you, gotta, you know, take you out of what you want to do and you have to go sort of make a play and react. They try to make you react to them. Fairly athletic, fairly long. On the offensive end, it's, it's similar, right? There, there's not a ton of low post scoring. They shoot the ball pretty well. They don't shoot it great, but they shoot it pretty well, you know, and they drive the ball. And you know, Christian Eugene is a, is a very, very good player. You know, he's a good player and he's playing at a high level right now and he attacks, you know, he's shooting the threes well, he's driving the ball well. And then they've got other guys too, right? Um, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're attacking, they spread you out, they move you, they fly around the court. I, I remember that last year, uh, it wasn't my scout, but I remember watching on film and going, huh, you know, interesting. This is interesting how much they fly around, you know, and, and then you went out and we played them and, you know, they're cutting, they're moving you know, at a quick, quick pace. They don't do anything slow. You know, it's like, it's like they've had six cups of coffee. You know, I, I, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're flying around, they're moving. And, uh, and we got to be ready for that at both ends of the floor. So coach, you said that Troy, you know, from the defensive perspective, they, they want to make you do something different than what you want to do. So, you know, as a fan, I hear that and I go, well, I mean, do you, do you make the conscious decision to, when they do that, that you have to call an audible on what you're doing and then execute that? Or do you say, I'm comfortable in what we're doing and I'm going to do what I want to do anyways and not get out of my game? Like, how do you, how do you attack a defense that wants, clearly wants to do that? Well, it's both. You know, you, you got to be tough enough, disciplined enough. That you gotta, you gotta be able to execute. You gotta be able to run your stuff. You, you know, if you if you want to go A to B to C, you know, you gotta, you gotta will yourself sometimes to go A to B to C. But at the same time, you have to be prepared, you know, to counter that. And then you gotta be prepared to to attack. And they're gonna, t- they're, you know, they're gonna take you out of offense sometimes. You know, I think that's in a lot of respects, it's it's gonna be similar to what South Alabama did defensively to us. I think Troy extends it a little bit more full court. Troy plays more zone. They play this sort of, you know, very active hybrid matchup zone at times. Um, but, you know, you, you got to be disciplined enough and, and tough enough and strong with the ball and cut strong to pass and catch. 
and to be able to run, you know, set plays at certain times. Um, but you also have to, you know, you got to be ready and able and willing to, you know, if they take away A, there's a backup plan, right? There's a counter. Well, we got to we got to look for the counter and we got to make them pay. If they're going to try to do do this to us, we got to make them pay in a different way. So, you know, we spent a good amount of time this week preparing for that and talking about that, watching that, and, you know, going out there and, and, and trying to attack that together. And then you got to go, and then when you go make the plays, you got to make strong plays and you got to make, again, good decisions with the basketball. You know, when, and if you can get by a guy, then you got to go by the guy. And then you get to that second layer of the defense, right? Then what's the decision? You know, if you can go and finish, then go and finish. But if you can't, we got to put the brakes on. We got to get the ball to the next guy. Maybe that's a shot. Maybe then he swings it one more. Maybe then he attacks again. You know, we're going to have to be again, you know, connected. You know, it, it's you know their their defense is going to try to disconnect our offense. So we're going to have to be you know two guys that are involved in a play that are the passer and the catcher. They got to be on the same wavelength. You know, and, and they got to play together in the sense of timing. All right, we're going to have to do that. But other times we're going to have to attack. And, they, you know, they're going to win some of those battles. That's okay. Then we got to be able to attack them, which I think we are. Then we got to, then we got to make the decisions about what do we do during our attack, after our attack, make great decisions, you know, and then hopefully knock down shots. You know, so I think against South Alabama, that's, a, you know, that's something that we, we did at stretches, right? We, we did exactly that. And we capitalized. Right, we gotta have to do it again, and hopefully capitalize even more. All right, coach. So obviously, the officials have a big impact on the game, and I know you're a fan of officials, given your dad <laughs> and your childhood. But Saturday was a good reminder that the Sun Belt refs games a little bit differently than other conferences. They were calling stuff on the wing, but if you went to the basket, you weren't going to get those body calls. How has that transition from non-conference play to now being in the Sun Belt and knowing what kind of calls are going to go and what aren't? How has that transition for a team? Because it's got to be weird to be – this was a foul all season long, and now all of a sudden it's not. Yeah, I would say I'm not a fan of referees, but I have an, maybe a nicer appreciation than the average bear. But but I hear what you're saying, and you know, listen, the, the Sun Belt last year it was noticeably very physical, and they let you play. I, I thought our game the other day was fairly well officiated, and I, I'm I don't know what I'm allowed to say or not allowed to say, so I should probably just stop there. I will say this: I, at least I, you know, I, I think the game the other day was consistently officiated. Um, I do think that we're starting to see a change in how college basketball is officiated, right? I, I see that in our games for sure, um, <clears throat> and I see it in, in the games that I'm watching on TV and stuff that, you know, when you're going to the basket, there's not as many, they're not bailing guys out as much, right? And if, if you're a defender and you just jump up and don't swing down, they're letting a lot of that body contact in the air is a play on now. I don't know that it's being officiated the way it's supposed to be officiated. And we can be really technical here about the guy going A to B in the air versus straight up and where he's on the floor and everything else. But I think if you're if you're attacking the basket and, and that defender just jumps up, man, they're letting a lot of that go. And, you know, that's – we haven't gotten to the foul line as much as we, we thought we would this year coming in, and maybe not last year. And I, and I think, you know, for maybe some guys on our team that played last year, that's a 
you know, a change that they're adjusting to. Some things that they got to the foul line last year, they're not doing. It's an interesting thing. It's been 13 games, 12 games, 13 games. Now we got to adjust. We got to make the adjustment. I didn't. I thought we did a good job. At South Alabama. We didn't foul as much, right? I mean, that, that was an aggressive team. They were trying. I know they banged some jumpers. There's no question about that, right? But they were trying to attack the rim also, and they were very physical and driving and, and made it ugly. I, I thought we did a really good job of, of playing defense without fouling. I, I don't remember the stats offhand, but it's not like they shot a ton of free throws, which is something that had happened to us earlier in the year. Teams had been shooting a lot more free throws than we had been. So, you know, we got to, you know, we got to make the adjustment. That's part of it. There's a lot of college basketball games that get played on Saturdays. There's a whole lot of college basketball games that get played on Saturdays. And as a result, there's a lot of college basketball referees needed. And so sometimes the officiating on Saturday is different than the officiating on Thursday. Um, but again, you just got to adjust in the course of the game. It may be eventually... <laughs> You know, I'll, I'll learn to work the refs a little bit better. I'm not a big screamer and a yeller. I've, I've definitely had some conversations during the game with stuff, and you got to try to get your point across to the refs. you got to do that. My focus has been more on kind of getting my point across to our players. But that's all part of it, and that's there's a learning curve for me here, admittedly, and trying to figure some of the stuff out on the fly and what conversations to have and, and with who and when, and the referees are part of that. Um, but also part of that is talking to our players and saying, again, hey, listen, Got to expect a bad, bad whistle. I, I, I think again that again the frustration piece. We've talked to some of our guys that you know maybe we get a little distracted sometimes, and and are are too concerned with having conversations with the refs or pleading our case to the refs, when we just need to play basketball. I'm not sure the refs are changing their mind. They may be nice guys. They may listen to you. Sometimes they don't want to listen to you, but I'm not sure that you're changing any. You know I'm not sure any of these conversations with players are changing many of their minds. Um, we just we got to move on and get ready for the next play. You know, there's there's a time and a place to make a point. There's a time and a place to ask a question. I, I think for you know for our players right now that needs to be minimal. No, I think you're spot on, and I think you're the guy to do that. I, uh, Mike and I saw you a couple times. One, you walked all the way down to the baseline, kind of near the tunnel where you come out, and just kind of politely looked across the floor as the official was in the corner and gave me like a that was a block down there. You know, a guy coming really far out of a shot and just kind of getting them. And, uh, and then you had one of them laughing at the midcourt about something that you were talking to him about. So I, I think you're picking your spots where you get there. All right, well, let's move on to Saturday. And who knows whether you're going to get a good crew or not, but you're going to be in Jonesboro at uh, A-State. I know you haven't had a chance to review the film. you got a couple guys doing that. But can you give us like a high level of what fans can expect with regards to Arkansas State? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's probably going to be a dogfight, right? I mean, it's a team with a first-year coach that looking from the outside in, just looking at scores and stats and box scores and whatnot, seems like they're starting to figure it out. It seems like they're trending in a different direction than they were trending earlier in the year, right? And so, look again, looking from the outside in, it looks like rebuilding process there, first-year head coach, a lot of new players. And it seems like they're, you know, starting to, to figure out how, you know, how he wants them to play and, and what that looks like. And I've had some discussions with guys on our staff who've, who have spent more time watching Arkansas State. I've only seen them very, very, very briefly. And I'll, I'll do that later here in the week. But we've got a great staff and everyone's really good at their jobs. And we'll be very well prepared for Arkansas State when it gets time to, to be prepared for Arkansas State. There's some things that, that Arkansas State does, you know, that, that we've 
added in a little bit to our practices already this week. We won't do any of that probably tomorrow, you know. But they've they've pressed a little bit more when in the second half of the games when they get down they're they're going to a full court press. We haven't seen much of that. And, you know, Troy's going to do that also a little bit. You know, we haven't faced much of that yet this year, and we got to be ready for that. But we will be ready. I, I think Arkansas State. My my general impression of Arkansas State, they shoot a ton of threes, right? And they're playing fairly fast. And it seems like they're figuring it out. They had a, a really tough loss, a one point loss at on the road at Georgia State, who'd been playing pretty well. And my impression again, without knowing much, is they're probably starting to figure some things out as they go through their own maturation process. Um, so we got to be ready for that. It's been, it's going to be a great opportunity for us. It's a great opportunity for us to go out and compete and and battle and play and, and hopefully get a win. We've never been to Arkansas State. This is, you know, the, the way these things sh- shake out. Again, not to talk too much about plane trades and automobiles, but, you know, they came to us last year. And we'll go there for the first time this year. And obviously we went to Troy last year and we got to go back there again this year. It's always just kind of quirky how some of those things work out. So, you know, we, listen, no matter who we play, right now it's, it's, you know, it's more about us. It's always about yourself, right, I, you know, to some extent, right? And we are. We are a team that, you know, in a program that, you know, puts a emphasis on scouting and, and playing great defense and preparing for the games. And we're still doing all of that. But our bigger points right now are us, right? Like we, we just, again, let's focus on us. Let's focus on our effort. Let's focus on our, you know, teamwork. Let's focus on our connectedness, connectivity, connect, whatever that word is, right? Being more connected at both ends of the floor, you know? And so, you know, whether it's Troy, whether it's Arkansas State, whether it's Sisters of the Poor, or the Lakers, right? Whatever, whoever it is, for us, it starts with the same things, right? And, and that is about us playing really, really hard and being really, really active and, and you know, and good defensively. We, we got to become a better defensive team, right? And then at the other end of the floor, you know, we got to move the ball, we got to share the ball, we got to attack, and we got to make good decisions with the ball in our hands. Shots may fall, shots may not fall, but we can make, you know, got to continue to learn what the right decision is and then we've got to continue to to make the right decision more often with the ball in our hands all right coach so we're uh, getting close to the end of our time together here uh, i think it would be wrong of us to go a whole episode without asking for an update on coach jones yeah i think coach jones is doing really well i, I briefly saw him today when he looks good Walked around with them for a little bit and talked with them a little bit. Not not at all really much about our team, but uh, there's a time and a place for that. And, and right now, his focus is on resting and recovering. He cares more than anyone, more than anyone, right, about about this basketball program and, and, and this team. Um, but right now, that can't be his focus. And so there's a delicate balance with, with he and I, for sure. And I know he's been in touch with the players, most of the players, and to different extents with other assistant coaches, uh, but but he's doing well. He's he's resting. He's on the road to recovery. When again, still no time timetable timeline. You know, it's too early to tell on on what that will, what form that'll take. But the good news is he's feeling better. He's getting more energy every day. He's getting more active every day, and so. From what I see, from what I hear when talking to him and from what all indicators are, he's heading in the right direction. And that's that's just awesome news. So just kind of keeping him in our thoughts and our prayers and just hoping he can rest and, and, and continue to improve. Well, that's awesome to hear. I know that's definitely what Mike and I were you know, hoping to hear. And from all the messages that we get from 
folks around Monarch Nation, they're going to be really happy to hear those words come out of your mouth. We want to wish you and the squad the best of luck in your planes, trains, and automobiles as you head to Troy for that game on Thursday, and then obviously A-State on Saturday. Everybody will be tuned in to a, a probably ESPN Plus, I'm guessing, for both games. But do you have any closing, anything closing that you want to say to Monarch Nation? No, just thanks. I mean, I thought we had a great crowd again you know, the other night. And stick with us, right? We're, we're a work in progress. We, we're, hasn't been the start we wanted. <laughs> you know, we all can understand that. We can all acknowledge that. But our kids are working really, really hard. And they're sticking together. And that's the start. And we just it's taken a little longer. That's okay. We're going to continue to work very hard. We're going to continue to stick together. And we're going to continue to make progress. And that's our game plan. That's what we're going to do. We appreciate all the support. Uh, it's a challenging time right now. It's a frustrating time right now. We're, we're, it is what it is. We're, we're, going to, we're moving forward. We're focusing on being the best we can be at the next time we're together. So for us, that'll be at our next practice. Um, and so we just appreciate everything. And thank you to you guys. And uh, yeah, no, that's really a happy new year. I hope everyone had a great holiday season. That was a bit of a blur for me, as it always is. For college basketball people, the holidays are always a bit of a blur. This year was even more so with the travel to Hawaii and the guys don't really get a break and didn't really get a chance to go home. That's hard. I think we talked about that last week. I don't know. But it's hard. It's hard, it's hard for these kids, right? They, a lot of them are far away from home and they don't get a chance to go home, even for two or three days. Now that, that presents some challenges, but that's okay. We get to be college basketball people and we're lucky and that's what we're going to focus on. So... You know, thank you guys. To thank you for again allowing me to come on. Thank you for your support, and thank you to the fans. And go Monarchs! Go Monarchs! Go Monarchs!